Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Some time ago, I mentioned that we'd be starting a new series based upon the minor prophets of the Old Testament. Well, today is that day. So this is the day the Lord has made and we're going to start a new series and we're going to be glad in it. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm excited. And so the title of this new series is simply called uh, Majoring on the Minors. Majoring on the Minors. Turn to the other person and say, Majoring on the Minors. Obviously, we are talking about the minor prophets, which make up the last 12 books of the Old Testament. And they are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Every one of those names can be pronounced another way. You're wrong, I'm right, okay? That's what I've learned about all the Old Testament names. They're weird. I mean, seriously, if you are having a child sometime in the near future and you're looking for a name, stay away from the Old Testament. That's what I say. But anyway, just, just jokes, just jokes. Just jokes. Uh, The reason they're called the minor prophets is not because they are less important than the major prophets, quite simply because they are shorter books and they are more focused. Okay? The major prophets make up of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And they are known as the major prophets mainly because they are longer books and they cover a broad spectrum of of information, okay? So that's why you get your major and your minor prophets. During this series, we're gonna be looking at some major themes of the minor prophets. In other words, it's not an exhaustive Bible study. This is church, it's not a Bible study. If you want more information, if you wanna go deeper, we are never, ever, 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 ever going to stop you, but that is something that you're gonna have to do in your own time. Uh, There are incredible courses out there, there are incredible colleges out there, there are incredible commentaries out there, and we encourage you to delve into the Word of God and go as deep as you can, but this is church, and we are trying to hit this many spectrums. And so what we're going to be touching on are major themes from the minor prophets. How does that sound? Uh, So today um, I want to talk about the first uh, minor prophet of the Old Testament, and that is Hosea. Hosea, and my subtitle would simply be Relentless Love. Everyone say Relentless Love. Hosea is a very moving book. I could have entitled this one of the greatest love stories ever told. It's a story of a broken vow, a broken home, a broken heart, and a broken life. The word or the name Hosea simply means salvation. Like Joshua or Jesus, it means salvation. Uh, Most place the time of his work around 750 BC, 750 years before Christ. And it happened in the city of Samaria, which is the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. And so if you would turn with me to the book of Hosea, it's in the Old Testament, as I've already mentioned, starting at chapter one, reading from verse two, it says, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, this is, this is crazy, but bear with me. He says, go marry a promiscuous woman. 
Other translations say prostitute. And one translation even says whore. Just sort of put that out there. Don't tell me the Bible is boring. Okay. Um, And have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel because I soon will punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call her Lo-Rahama, which means not loved. For I will no longer show love to Israel that I should forgive at all her sins. Yet I will show love to Judah and I will save them, not by bow, sword or battle or by horses or horsemen, but I, the Lord, their God, will save them. After she had weaned, sorry, Lo-Rahama, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people. For you are not my people, and I am not your God. As with all of the Old Testament prophets, he was given a particular assignment. And it was not only a particular assignment, but it was a very peculiar assignment. God gave him a word for Israel, but he didn't want him just to speak out the word. I mean, that's tough enough. When you have a message from God and it's a little controversial, to speak it out requires an incredible amount of courage. But God said to Hosea, I don't want you just to speak my message. I want you to live it. I want you to embrace it. I want you to embody it. I want your life to be a message in and of itself. And so he says, this is your assignment if you choose to accept it in true Mission Impossible style. He says, Hosea, I want you to get married. Now, any young man who is asked to get married as part of their God-given assignment, that's, that's a good day. That's a good day. Get married, I am down with getting married. That sounds great. Um, Where will I go to meet this woman? Will I I be seeing her in the temple today, Lord? Is is this the day that you have made when I go to the temple? Is she going to be there? Is she going to be the one with the red cross flashing above her forehead? So I'm going to know she's the one. Is that how this is going to play out? Because that's what some of you do. You're looking for the the red flashing cross above a young lady. She's the one. Yeah? No? Okay. Whatever. Um, And and God says, no, you're not going to meet her in the temple. Not this woman. In order to meet the woman I have for you, you've got to go down to the local brothel. It's like, what? I mean, what? He's not going to meet this woman in church. He's going to meet her at a brothel. And the amazing thing about this story is that Hosea actually obeys the word of the Lord. And and he, he meets this woman. Her name is Gomer. 
And he takes Gomer, this prostitute, as his wife. And they have three children. The first one's name is Jezreel, which means punishment. The second one is a daughter, and her name is Lo Rahama, which means not loved. She's a middle child, and she's not loved. Are there any middle children out there that know what I'm on about? I feel this woman's pain right there. Middle child, not loved. I could add overlooked, neglected as well, but I won't. Because that's my story, not hers. We're just, 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 just saying. And the youngest one is Lo Amy, which means not my people. And so here is Hosea, smack bang in the centre of God's will. Having done exactly what God has asked of him, he goes and grabs this woman, Gomer. He takes her as his wife and they have children, just like God has said. I mean, this is happy days. And then one day, Hosea wakes up and Gomer is not next to him in the bed. Thinking she might have just gone out to do a few things, he waits all day only to find she doesn't come home. And she doesn't come home again. He realises at that moment that the love of his life has now left him. Gomer, the love of his life, has left Hosea's home, but she hasn't left Hosea's heart. Hosea, at this moment, is very much a broken man with a broken heart. And can we, before we get too religious and too super spiritual, and just put it down to the fact that, well, he's in the will of God, he's doing God's will, and, 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 and he's just living out a message. Yes, he is. But let's not allow our super spiritual religious understanding of this story to miss out on the emotion of it, the humanity of it. This man, though he's living out a message from God to Israel, He's very much a man with emotions and feelings. And at this moment, he's heartbroken. And he's not only heartbroken at the loss of the love of his life, he's now a single dad. I mean, the issues that we face today in society are nothing new. He's this prophet in the will of God, doing everything God has asked him to do. And now he's having to raise three kids by himself. On top of the heartbrokenness and, and the anguish of raising three kids alone without a mum on the scene, he has to put up with the hecklers. Don't think for a moment that at this point in his life, there aren't some who came out of the woodwork and said, I told you so. That'll teach you for going to a brothel and picking up a prostitute. What were you thinking, Hosea? Call yourself a Christian. It's amazing to me when things are going well, everything's going well. But when the cracks appear, it's like the vultures come out of the woodwork. And so you've got a heartbroken man raising three kids by himself and no doubt some of those who are ready just to pounce and point the accusing finger at him saying, call yourself a Christian, call yourself a man of God. What were you thinking? All this is going on 
in his life at that moment. Amidst the very real pain that he's experiencing, God speaks again. For those of you who are experiencing pain right now and you feel like the heavens are brass and God is silent, can I say like Hosea, hang around long enough till God speaks again. Because God will speak again. God does not leave us, nor does He forsake us. And He never left Hosea at this moment. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your opposition, know this, hold your ground, hold your line because God will speak again. And God spoke again to this prophet. And He says, go find that woman of yours. Go marry her again. Picking up the story in Hosea chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. It says, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes, so I, so I bought her so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man and I will behave in the same way toward you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods, Afterwards, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. I mentioned before that this is an incredible love story. This is one of the greatest love stories ever told and it's found in the Old Testament. Please don't tell me that the Bible is untrue, boring and irrelevant. And, and God displayed his love through this prophet Hosea, who was willing to be used by God no matter what in order to get a message across. God was using Hosea's life to speak to his people, the Israelites, about how wayward they had become. And yet God in his love was going after them one more time. And Hosea modelled the word of the Lord and more importantly, the heart of the Lord with great detail and great dignity and longevity. And so there's many things that we can draw from this portion of Scripture. And I want to touch on a few this morning. And the great thing about the Word of God is this. If you go and study it for yourself, you'll see not only what I have seen, but you'll see other things. And if you see other things, I want to encourage you. That is fantastic. And that's really what this series is all about. Us delving into the Word of God, giving us a greater love for the Word of God, particularly the minor prophets. So if you go home and study Hosea and see more than what I'm about to present today, God bless you. You can tell me about it and I can preach it next time. How's that sound? Awesome. So here's a few things that I, I get from this account of Hosea's life. And the first thing is simply this, that God does not always do what we expect Him to do. God does not always do what we expect Him to do. I think when we've been Christians for a number of years and you've been going to church for a while, you, you kind of expect God to move in a certain way and do a certain thing. 
And then God will show up in, in a new way and do something different. And, and the trouble is if, if we don't recognise it, we're going to miss out. If we don't recognise that God may show up in a way that we are not expecting, we may just miss out. I mean, the religious people in Jesus' time knew the Messiah was coming. They had all the detail, they had all the information that uh, the Messiah was to come. But when He came, they did not receive Him. They rejected Him because He did not come the way they thought He would come. Who, who could ever imagine that the Messiah would be born in a stable, in a tiny town of Bethlehem? Are you kidding me? And so they rejected Him. A carpenter's son, are you kidding me? And yet that's exactly what happened. And we see here, Hosea was asked not just to marry a woman, but to marry a prostitute. I mean, can I just say, kids, do not try this at home. <laughs> but, but be open to the fact that God may do something that we are not expecting. God may move out of the ordinary and do something just a little bit unusual. See, Hosea had to go where men of God should not go. I mean, can you imagine? And, and please, please, when we read the Scriptures, don't just read over the detail. To, to find his wife, he had to go to places godly men should not go, where godly eyes are watching. Imagine trying to explain what he's doing there. Oh, it's okay, guys. God's told me this is all right. I mean, this is not normal. This is not usual. Imagine trying to explain that. Imagine the misunderstanding surrounding that moment. In actual fact, I really do believe that when you truly follow Christ, it is a life misunderstood. There'll be moments in your life where you will be misunderstood by those who can't grasp that God could possibly do that. Jesus was misunderstood. Much of what Jesus did was misunderstood by the religious people. They said, why do you eat with sinners? And Jesus says, it's because the unhealthy are the ones that need the doctor, not the healthy. And they, they, they accused him. They accused him of, of, of just being a, a friend of sinners. He was misunderstood. He was misunderstood when he healed people on the Sabbath. Instead of just seeing the miracle for what it was and seeing people who had an infirmity healed and freed from it, they used that moment to judge him. You know, a few years ago, we decided as a church to do something for the men of this community. And then I realised what we were doing and like what a lot of churches were doing wasn't really hitting the mark. And I had this revelation that a lot of men's ministries are really just women's ministries in disguise. Just saying. And so we thought, what can we do in order to reach our men friends? What can we do to reach our mates? And we came up with this idea of doing an event called The Bloke and it involved uh, some alcohol and thank God for this church, but there were some who uh, from outside that didn't understand our heart 
intent or motive. And they made it more about the alcohol than the very people that we were trying to reach. We were misunderstood. These things happen. But if we're going to truly reach people, we may need to be from time to time a little bit unconventional. And we've got to make those moments about what it's really about. And in my heart before God, it was just about trying to reach men that were previously unreachable. That's all it was. And to date, we've never had anyone get drunk as a result of any alcohol that we've had at those events. So all the things, of, all the worry of what could have happened hasn't even happened. But men have been reached and lives have been changed to the glory of God. God is not always going to do what you expect Him to do. And so I pray that through Hosea's life, the little box that we try to put God in, not that God will ever get in a box, but in our thinking, we place Him in a little box. I pray that those boxes would be smashed over this series. Number two, God remains faithful even when we are faithless. Gomer left Hosea's home, but she never left Hosea's heart. And he remained faithful to this woman even when she was unfaithful toward him. The reason he could do that is quite simple because he loved her. And the love he had for her was not based upon what she did. It was purely based upon who she was. You need to understand God loves us not because of what we have done and not because of what we haven't done, but simply because of who we are. It's because of who we are that He loves us. I'm gonna go as far to say this. For every person who's not in church this morning, and maybe prostituting themselves or, or woken up in Hindley Street and, and can't even remember the night before, or to the guy who's just mowing the lawn this morning, oblivious that there's a God out there, God loves every one of them as much as He loves you and I sitting in this building right now. God is love. God loves us. And there's nothing we can do to earn that love. The Bible says it this way, that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, He loved us. While we were still sinners, He left the splendour of heaven, came to planet earth to offer Himself as a sacrifice for us who were sinning. His love for us is not determined on what we do or don't do. He loves us. And I pray today that we would have a revelation just how much God loves us. If we knew that God loved us as much as He actually loves us, it would get us off the treadmill that is often religion, trying to do things to please Him. And we could rest in His love. Our biggest challenge is to remain in the unchanging love of God. I've told this story many times before. So let me say it quick. But when I was 12 years of age and I got caught shoplifting and I waited for my dad to come home and I had to tell him what had happened and I looked into his eyes with tears in mine and said, Dad, I've been shoplifting and I stole some chewy and I will never forget my dad's response because of what it spoke to me. My dad's response was simply, you should have been quicker. And at that moment, he was not condoning shoplifting. And I knew that. I knew even as a 12-year-old boy that my dad was trying to model something to me that he learned from God. 
And that is this, that no matter what you do in life, no matter how bad you make me look as a parent, it's never gonna change the fact that I love you. That was the takeaway for me that day. I knew like I knew, like I knew, like I knew that I was loved. And I knew that it would take more than just stealing some bubble gum to rob me of that love. And I thank God for that very real picture to me. But that's what Hosea's life is to us. It's a very real picture to us. Just as my dad's example was a very real picture to me of what the love of God looks like. The love of God through Hosea's life shows us that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how unfaithful you are. God is gonna remain faithful to us. And that is worth celebrating and that is worth relaxing in. We can enjoy the presence of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. Wow. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 says, The one who calls you is faithful, and He will do it. He will do it. It's an amazing thing. God loves you. And He remains faithful to you, even when you're faithless. I think about the people who possibly aren't here today. This wouldn't be true for everyone. But I think about the handful of people who may be not here today or in some other church because they did something and they feel guilty. They're the times we should come. They're the times we should come. But, but I don't feel like coming. I feel like a hypocrite. They're the times we should come. Because God loves you. Even when you're being a hypocrite. Even when you don't feel like coming, you should come. Because He loves you. Isn't that an amazing thought? Number three, God paid a price that we could not pay. God paid a price that we could not pay. You know, one of the things I remember about growing up was Christmas time. And I think every child has highlight memories around Christmas. It was that night, Christmas Eve was a night where you just struggled to get to sleep. Because of all the excitement of what would the next day would bring. And when I break down Christmas and what made it so exciting for me was this. Because of what I would receive. But what made it more special was not only knowing that I would receive something. But it was knowing that I would receive something that I could not buy out of my own resource. Again, these are very real lessons that, that I've learned as a young man growing up. I remember being about seven or eight when I got my first real bike. Up until then, we had a few hand-me-downs, but I, I remember when I was seven or eight, I got my first real bike for Christmas. And I remember going out to pick it out and then have to wait till Christmas to get it. It was a black bike and it had these massive cow horn kind of... Uh, handlebars, and it was great. Had the knobbly tires, and it was just awesome. And when I got it that Christmas morning, I just remember thinking, wow, this is amazing because I got what I wanted. But more importantly, it's something I could never, ever, ever, ever have bought because as a seven or eight year old, I didn't have any money. And here I was being gifted with something 
that I could never have got unless someone had paid the price for it. That's what makes Christmas so special, is that we get gifts we otherwise would never get simply because we don't have the resource. Gomer's life was brought back by Hosea. It was, Go, uh, it was Hosea who put up the money. And here's the thing, he was purchasing something that he already owned. When Jesus went to the cross and laid down his life for us, I hung upon the cross and so said those three words, it is finished. The word finished is a Greek word, teleos, and it simply means paid in full. The death penalty that was over my life, the death penalty that was over your life has been paid in full. And just like as a seven-year-old at Christmas, I received something that I couldn't afford. So when we give our lives to Christ, we receive something that we could never, ever have purchased by ourselves, No amount of good works could purchase redemption. It was only through the blood of Christ. He paid a price that you and I could never, ever, ever pay. And my last point, if we can have the keys come up, that'd be fantastic, is simply this. God's love uh, doesn't have conditions but living with him does. I want you to catch this because this is probably one of the most misunderstood things about God. I believe that God's love is unconditional. Absolutely. It's got nothing to do with what we do. He just loves us anyway. He's loving us right now. No more or no less than the guy who's not in church mowing the lawn, oblivious to the fact that there is a God. He loves us. And His love toward us is unconditional. But living with us is different. See, Hosea went to Gomer. He purchased her back and he said this, you are to live with me. And you are to live with me for many days. Reflecting the desire of God for His people. That His people would live with Him. Be reconnected back to Him. See, Jesus didn't go on the cross just to die for our sins, that we might live estranged. Hosea didn't go to be with Gomer and bring her back just so that he could have her in the backyard and ignore her. I imagine when, when Hosea went and paid for Gomer and bought her back, in his mind it was like, let's sit on the couch. Let's snuggle up together. Let's watch a movie together. It was about being together. It was about living together. It wasn't just about purchasing your freedom to be able to live estranged. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden so many years before. There was an estrangement in the relationship between humanity and God. And that grieved the heart of God. And His desire has been that His people would live with Him. And live with Him for many days. But in the living together, there are some conditions. 
Hosea bought Gomer back and said, you're to live with me for many days, but you must not prostitute yourself again. You must not be intimate with another man again. And I will do the same. If we understand that God's love is uh, not conditional or unconditional, but living with Him does have some conditions. You know that even for your children. No matter what your kids do, you still love them. But in order for them to live in your house, they have to live in accordance with the conditions that you place on that house. Otherwise, it becomes unconducive to living together. You can't have big brother hitting on big sister. You can love big brother still, but in order for peace in this home, you can't keep doing that. I've seen many families torn apart because they've got older kids now and and the kids are getting restless and and mum loves the kids and keeps them around. And now the kids are being around on their terms. But there are some conditions. There are some conditions. And so when it comes to fulfilling the Word of God and the laws of God, the purpose in mind is that we might live together. God loves you. But He wants things in our lives to fall off and to change in order that we might dwell together and be together. In other words, God's love demands a response. God loves you. God loves me. But what are we going to do with this incredible love? As I mentioned in the beginning, it was Hosea that means saviour. Gomer means completion. Jesus is our Hosea. And He's the one who completes us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, This is how God showed His love amongst us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. Can the band come, please? Hosea is an incredible man who lived an incredible life. He lived his message and we do well to do the same. We can look at Hosea's life and see the character and the nature of Christ in his life. And that's what Christianity is. It's letting the Christ in us be seen and on display. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 